0: You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Late Night Live. Hot topics discussed daily from 11pm onwards. Get involved by calling 0141 375 3434 or search Radio Ramadan 365.
1: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm fine, Zen, how are you?
2: Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. Uh, I was talking earlier when I thought we were on here about uh, how I've been struggling with, with Ramadan and the fasts because of the routine that I'm in. You know, I, I like to stay up now until Saturday time I eat and then after that I go straight to sleep. But it's it's normally, you know, quite quite late and, uh, and by the time you wake up, like 12, 1 o'clock, that's when I'm having my, oh my God, I'm hungry period, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we all have that throughout throughout the night, but it's you know during the day, for those that wake up early and go to work, you're hungry from nine in the morning mm-hmm. till around 12. You've got that, that tummy rumbling feeling, but I'm having that now later on throughout the day, and I'm struggling throughout the day a lot. I think it's thirst more than anything. Do you experience that at all, Ababaqa?
1: Uh, alhamdulillah, for the, fa- the fast for me have been uh, great. I've not really felt any hunger pains or any uh you know striving for thirst um because being going to sleep late and then getting up late as well and uh, there's no really schedule to the day because of the lockdown and uh, um, so we just try to get past it one day at a time but then how has the Ramadan and the lockdown period been for you so far?
2: Yeah I mean it's been okay like obviously when we went into lockdown three to four mm-hmm. weeks ago and it's great because tonight we are going to be discussing you know the effects it's had on businesses and had on work so I run my own business and when the lockdown finished uh, sorry the lockdown started I, I was in a really good routine that first two weeks I was actually in self-isolation because a couple of members of my family had symptoms mm-hmm. and we had to just be careful so what happened was I was waking up, you know, got my laptop open, had loads of work to do. And while I was doing the work, you know, I, I had a plan. Mm-hmm. So, so so, I managed to get a lot done. That first two weeks, I cleared out the attic, uh, you know, threw out a lot of stuff that was just lying there. And I think a lot of people done that. They cut their grass, they wash the cars. We were all doing that. But yeah, after one week, after two weeks, you start to lose that rhythm, that plan. And you're kind of like, now three, four weeks in, you're like, what do I do? And the days are just going by so quick. I mean, we're on the fifth day of Ramadan now. And I was just thinking today, like, you know, it's always like this. It's always so fast. Before you know it, you're 10 days in, then you're 20 days in, and you're on the last 10 nights, and Ramadan always flies by. And it's such a a beautiful month. And I wish, and I'm going to be honest, I I feel like I've not been doing enough this Ramadan. And it's something that I hope, inshallah, throughout the month that, I uh, work on you know it's just because we've got into that lazy routine and I feel like when you're busy and you're at mosque and Tarawi and working you you actually do a lot more and you do a lot more dhikr and you you know you're more focused yeah. but
1: so how how do you feel then Do I know you're very productive during the Ramadan uh, period going to the mosque you know doing all the charity drives and stuff like that so how, how does it feel to be in the house stuck?
2: It's, it's hard. Like, at the first couple of weeks, I was like, this is great. And a lot of people have said to me, you know, it's great being in lockdown because we, we can actually do things in the house that we never did. And I know we spoke about all the benefits on our first show of being in lockdown, but now, three to four weeks in, it's really getting difficult and, and, you know, I've been following the football, for example, this year quite mm-hmm. quite heavily and I know a couple of our guests that are on will be able to, to speak with that as well. It's just, now it's getting to the stage where there's there's nothing that keeps you going. I mean, Ramadan's here, it's great, but that thing that you've normally got on on the side, I normally listen up to a lot of football stuff that's going on and things, but but it's, it's not been easy. But what about yourself? You've been staying positive and doing stuff?
1: Alhamdulillah, yeah. It's you can only stay positive during these harsh times.
2: You said you've been doing some painting today or recently. What's
1: uh, going on? Yeah, so we're we're the house, cleaning it out, doing that wee spring clean. Uh, we started it a, a week before Ramadan started, and we're still we're still uh, going throughout the Ramadan period, you know, just to get there a house done uh, in time for the summer period
2: no worries right okay before we begin our topic i want to introduce our guests so tonight we have on more or less our other core presenter that's sitting around 300 miles away brother akub nazir akub are you with us
3: Welcome, ben. i'm with you all the way
2: great great and how are you brother akub
3: yeah not too bad not too bad I'm, I'm pretty much in the same situation as you i think i'm starting to feel um the effects of ramadan it slowly creeping in the first couple of days weren't too bad i mean um throughout the day it's not it's not too bad but like you said your body clock is a bit weird at this moment in time because you are at home you're not you're not going to work you're not going to the mosques i really for it
2: some
3: reason so well i'm i'm currently working from home so i still have to get up relatively early and you know do do work so i'm pretty much throughout the day i'm you know busy with work and then obviously got my nephew running around you got to homeschool him Um so mm. he keeps you occupied once he's done right. with his work then then all he wants to do is play so you're kind of like juggling between your own work and kind of looking after him and then trying to do all of your extra kind of stuff that you want to kind of accomplish in Ramadan um, like I said uh, really uh, the day is not too bad to be honest
2: you th- you think in the nighttime is where you're struggling more, or
3: yeah, it's, uh, it's, I know it might sound very strange, but um, d- between iftar and suhoor, I think um, you know, I'm trying to make sure I get all my relevant um minerals and everything, and try to keep a clean diet. I think yeah, I've not actually had a single takeaway yet um due to the lockdown in Ramadan, so that that, that is good. But it's just a bit difficult because um, I'm going to sleep about. I don't know, maybe eleven o'clock, midnight, um, and then kind of getting up around about three. Um, so, my, ideally, I would like to do what Abu Bakr does and stay awake till really late, and then kind of wake up late. But then I have to get up quite early for for work. So, yeah, that's that's where I've been struggling, just getting decent sleeping patterning.
2: Well, if I be honest with you, Abu Bakr's sleeping patterns are always like this. <laughs> 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 that, that's that at two or three o'clock I'm phoning him and he's just about <laughs> answering the phone so <laughs> yeah. so Ramadan or no Ramadan Abu Bakr is normally like that and and uh, I was going to it's say something about say. his brother I was going to say about his brother Dawid as well but Dawid's a bit better than Abu Bakr. <laughs> he wakes up a bit earlier and moving on <laughs> to our next guest is someone that's quite near brother Aqob brother Tayyab Tayyab how you doing?
0: Salam come on, good how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. So, Taya, we've heard your voice before on our show on Late Night Live when you were telling us about what your Ramadans normally like. So, tell me, how are you getting on five days in? How's your Ramadan? What's been going on?
0: It's not too bad. I, for me, compared to you guys, I think it's actually getting easier for some reason. Okay. But, um, obviously, I'm on holidays from work at the moment anyway. I've, I've not, I, I can't work from home, so um, I've got my holidays until near the end of Ramadan. So I'm just okay. gonna make the most of it at home, catch up on sleep, do extra stuff around the house, pray as much as I can whilst I've got the time, you know what I mean?
2: Okay, no, definitely. I mean you were saying that obviously I know what your Ramadan's like, like many of ours you're busy on the road doing events, mosques, stuff like that, but Coming onto it now, you've, you've been in the house and you're not one of those guys that's like us, that plays PlayStation or has other things going on, So, and you're off work at the moment. So what what's it like for you?
0: It's not too bad. It's relaxing at the moment and then it's just um, trying to occupy yourself because if you're doing nothing, then it's like the time just doesn't pass by. So I'm just trying yeah. to do something around the house, trying to make time go by, to be honest.
2: Okay, no, that, that's, that's good. I guess that's what a lot of us are doing. Okay, so the next thing uh, we need to get on to is tonight's topic. And um, before we get into that, I want Abu to introduce tonight's topic and uh, let us know and let the audience know what it is that we're discussing tonight.
1: So tonight the topic is COVID-19 effects on the economy. Uh, I'm just going to open up with the opening statement The coronavirus outbreak, which was first detected in China, has infected people in 185 countries. Its spread has left businesses around the world counting the costs. Less than a month ago, UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak was boasting of a national jobs miracle. Now the coronavirus crisis has wiped out years of employment growth. Official figures showing that 950,000 people have applied for the government's universal credit benefit since the UK's lockdown began on March 16th, confirming the extent of financial hardship people are feeling as a result of the measures taken to combat the virus. The surge in claims suggest that despite the support promised by the government for workers furloughed by their employers and for the self-employed, the UK is suffering job losses on a scale and speed unprecedented even in the aftermath of the global financial crisis. With many people losing their jobs or being placed on furlough, how much damage has this caused to our society? Will businesses that remain closed ever recover? Our last show, we discussed the effects on the charity sector. And today, alongside our panelists, we discussed the economic impact of COVID-19.
2: Thank you very much for that, Abu Bakr. So Abu Bakr summed up what tonight's show is all about. It's about discussing the things that are going on with with people and their jobs, their businesses, and so on. And uh, there's so much to read out there. There's so much news coming out every day of businesses that are struggling to survive. I mean, just on the way here, I was listening to Debenhams who have went into administration and are struggling, and and so many other big names in not just business industry but also people that have been in jobs for a long time and they're losing their jobs and it's not the best thing you want to hear you don't you don't want to hear that but it is happening and it is going on and I just wanted to discuss between the four of us how it's impacted not just ourselves but but how it's going to impact us post-lockdown and a Globe has been doing a bit of research and I'm going to come to that now but but just before we continue just some of the the things that have come out of of the news and media outlets for example you know, Maria Data says that, you know, this could be one of the deepest recessions since the 1900s when we come out of this. And, you know, it's, it's saying that it's going to be deeper than the 2009 financial crisis. And the pandemic itself could collapse many businesses or close people to close people's business operations altogether. and And that's something that I have seen myself firsthand. I've seen businesses going down under. I run a business here in Glasgow in in mobile detailing for vehicles and it's amazing on the forums and things I'm hearing that a lot of businesses are now putting up their stuff for sale slowly and that's not because they're all going out of business. It's because some of them are struggling to survive. People have rent to pay and so on and we'll discuss that throughout the show. And just carrying on from that, there's also other things that have been spoken about. For example, houses, how, you know, The house market has has been hit badly and and even just the way energy is being used now, they've actually seen a 10% um, reduction in the amount of energy that's being used. You'd think that it would go up because people are in their homes but at the same time, all the businesses and offices that are running are now not running and they're they're out of of use. So um, We'll get along all the facts throughout the night. Now, Akoob, you've been doing a bit of research and uh, you came across a great document which you sent over to myself. Do you want to going to open us up a bit on that and, and let us know how you got on
3: yeah whilst doing the research i did come across um, some interesting things but i guess um i'll start with um an opening statement from the chief economist at kpmg yale Selfin. um what he said is the covid19 pandemic is first and foremost a human crisis but there will also be a very substantial negative impact on the global economy and the uk's economic performance this year and potentially next but the economy is expected to recover by the second half of 2021 and what i found interesting um in that uh, very statement was the fact that he highlighted actually a couple of things um within that statement now what he's mentioned is like he said is first and foremost it is a human crisis um before we look at the kind of you know economic impact that is had not only within our um economy but the economy uh, worldwide um we can we can see how countries are actually trying to battle um between health and wealth and um, so countries want to kind of get back to trading as quickly as possible but then also they don't want to risk um a second wave or even you know worsening the current situation that we're in um <laughs> what's been heavily kind of you know in the public domain i don't know if you guys have been seeing is you see a lot of what's happening in america um i've been seeing plenty of uh trump videos um online on <laughs> yeah
2: see ya all cetera. day
3: yeah so i mean that's pretty much kind of been throughout you know my on my news feed and it is interesting to see how different economies how different countries are currently um dealing with <laughs> the situation i think new zealand definitely I think we've all come across in the in the past couple of days um i think it's pretty much um at the end of its um pandemic and it is actually on the road to recovery so at least that's good because we are actually starting to see economies kind of you know getting back to where they were prior to this situation Mm -hmm. kpmg for our local currency and our economy has actually come up with um four potential scenarios which i thought um were quite interesting so it'd be nice to your thoughts on that so the first <clears throat> scenario what they have it, they've called it the upside down scenario where they uh, anticipate the current lockdown to end in may um and the pandemic to be can- contained um by september now obviously considering we're at the end of april um that i know the lockdown rules potentially might be um easing off actually from next week because boris johnson obviously from his the attorney did mention there might be certain measures that that are eased, but still, that is a very unlikely scenario because for the pandemic to be contained is heavily reliant on a vaccine being released. So, yep. what are the chances that the vaccine will be released by September 2020? Because naturally, an actual vaccine um can take up to 10 years to actually develop, fully develop, fully get tested, and then get rolled out into. Um, in the economy or society. And the thing is,
2: the thing is, a with this vaccine that, that they've been discussing, it's something that's not just affecting a city or a country, it's affecting the world, you know?
3: Exactly. When we look at previous pandemics or previous crises, it's usually only affected certain parts of the world, and like you said, it hasn't been global. Um, so, it is easy to kind of roll out a vaccine in certain parts, but obviously, when it's worldwide, it's not just about identifying um, and creating a vaccine. It's about rolling it out. How how do you roll out a worldwide vaccine? You know that in itself, logistically, is is going to be a big task, and which will will take over several months, maybe half a year, maybe over a twelve month period. So yeah, so I think the first scenario for KPMG, um, I think that they mentioned it themselves, is 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 the least likely.
2: The second okay, the, um, the, so, the upside-down scenario, yeah?
3: yeah? The, um, the upside scenario. Um, the base scenario okay. is where, again, the current lockdown, they're anticipating that it's going to end in May. Um, for all four scenarios, by the way, they, they are anticipating that the current lockdown restrictions are due to end um, by the end of May or certainly be eased. Um, that's consistent across all four scenarios. Now, yes. With the base um, scenario, what they're actually anticipating is that we're going to get hit with a second wave and we're actually going to go into a second lockdown um, around about late August, early November, okay. because one thing, obviously one big risk with easing out, um, you know, restrictions and the lockdown is the fact that, you know, like, you know, we mentioned how how much of a struggle it is to to stay indoors, you know, if people start socialising in mass gatherings, you know, straight away. Um, then the, there's a big chance that we might be hit with the second wave. So Yeah,
2: but and that's, some, that's something I could, sorry to interrupt there, but, you know, Tayyip just was, was inputting there as well, saying that, you know, Germany relaxed their lockdown rules and now there's a second wave of infection starting. So, and, and that's the thing, a lot of people forget that, is that, you know, although, just to clarify, we're not medical experts here on this show. Uh, Dr. Nazem, who runs the show from, from Monday to Wednesday, is, is a medical expert. However, today we're discussing the finance side of things, and, and brother Akub does have his his education and finance. But like brother Diab's saying, it's something that's that's that we can all see is that we're not going to be allowed into mass gatherings mm-hmm. anytime soon. And as much as we want to believe that we'll be going to the Celtic match next week, it's not going to happen, and and we're not going to be at, at Juma or. Or at any Taraweeh Salahs soon. Uh, I just wanted to add the Anako, but continue, of course. Yeah,
3: no, definitely. Like you said, as much as I wanted to see Pogba play with Bruno Fernandes, <laughs> um, I don't know how likely that is going to be um, at this moment in time. But hopefully, he signs a new contract, so might might, might still get my wish. Um, but Yeah. So the the second scenario, the base scenario, that is still that's anticipating that the um, pandemic will be con- contained by January. Again, if you think about that, that is about you know six to eight months from now. So that still requires quite a quick turnaround um, from the vaccine. Although I did mention that a vaccine usually can take up to ten years, but studies have actually shown that uh, uh, they're predicting that a vaccine for this virus. I think they're looking at a timescale of around about twelve to eighteen months. But obviously, that is ever changing depending on you know on what research and what's being done in the background. That that timescale can. Can, uh vary quite a bit so that for me i think may be a more likely scenario where the pandemic is early 21 where it's going to be um contained and then the two other scenarios is obviously downside one and downside two that they've anticipated and in downside one again they um they predicted that there will be a secondary lockdown um august and november but then also um in february and uh, may the following year. Um, because you know a, a second wave might not be as harsh you know as as the first wave but it will yeah. still bear its problems um, so and that the downside scenario again is saying the pandemic is going to be contained by July 2021 and then yeah. finally moving on to the final scenario the downside two. this is where again kind of two waves um, we're going to potentially be hit by and then the pandemic they're looking at actually the back end of of 2021 so in this situation that we're in now there's there's no right you know or wrong answer the predictions that are they're changing you know every week you know every other day because you can't it's too difficult to to predict even um when when we're coming out with some of the fatality figures um they do vary because i think it just recently come out where i think the uk was showing around about twenty thousand.
2: Um, yes, and, and the thing is, Akob, we're not that far behind Italy, which was the worst hit, and, and, and we've seen what's going on in America, and it's quite scary. I just wanted to add a point here from the Bank of England um, staff member. This is someone who works within the Bank of England, and he's reported in Al Jazeera News that we are experiencing an economic contraction that is faster and deeper than anything we have seen in the past century, or possibly several centuries, and... It just adds to what you were saying there that there's no there's no set plan for something like this. It's something that no one was expecting. I mean, they can expect recessions at some point, but nothing like this that we've experienced at all. Yeah,
3: because I mean, if you think about if you go like I said, you, you referred to the last financial crash that we had. When you when you look at previous um, recessions or economic downturns, um, it's usually due to kind of spending and kind of you know. Uh, money boys, there's no real restrictions on business and trading um in terms of operationally like obviously when when people have less disposable income they obviously they can't spend in their businesses but the businesses are still operational still running although they might have a negative impact on revenue and profits they'll still be generating some but as this is a unique um situation where um worldwide where businesses are at a standstill this is why the economic impact like you've just mentioned is so severe.
2: Right, and, and, and if I can, I'm going to bring Brother Tayyab in. Tayab works for a company that is, is still operating at the moment, and uh, Tayab, can you tell us a bit more about where you work, and, and like club was saying, there are some businesses that are still running. Tell us more about the business that you work at.
0: Yeah, um, so I work for United you know, Utilities, and what they do is they provide um, water to the northwest, and they also mm-hmm. clean, you know, your sewage water. Mm-hmm. So uh, the thing with that is they need to be in um, 24-7 because that site's the biggest site we have. So the they okay. work- need to be in so they they can't work from home apart from doing like their admin stuff and HR stuff. Okay. They're okay to work from home, but the people that need to do physical work because sometimes the pipes get blocked up, etc. So they have to take that and um, clean that mess out and provide the um, water back. To the houses because hey, the question is
2: are you the one that's going to clean those pipes or not
0: no no, no it's, it's not me it's <laughs> are you sure it's yeah it's, it's like, yeah it's the
2: yeah. alhamdulillah but but yeah you're right that that is and and that's another reason why i wanted to discuss it with yourself is because you you're where you're working at the moment is is still operating and akob you're the same i know you're working from home as well
3: yes yeah, so um although i am working from home um in terms of operationally so our uh, company deals with events and they run the large arenas um, across yeah. the uk um, but pretty much we are not operational at the moment of but, course. Um, obviously with myself working in finance we still have to again it comes down to scenario planning that's what we're currently doing looking at different uh, possibilities and how it's how that has a financial impact on our business and also you know, once we get scope of when we think we can then be operational is how do we kind of ease in that process? Because like you said, once the, you know, the arenas and events are, are going to go live again, um, there's going to be a lot of events that have been impacted during this three month or four month period that are, are eager to to get back in and start, you know, doing their shows again. So we're going to have to hit the ground running. Um, so for us. For us, that it's a it's a lot of planning, like I said, um and just seeing how the different you know financial aspects of the COVID nineteen are you know are gonna affect of our course. business.
2: And another thing is obviously with many people being followed. Uh, I was reading on BBC News that around one in three uh, private sector employees are either followed or unemployed, and welfare claims have surged and, and and are increasing as well. And three quarters of households that have experienced falls in their incomes, I think. Those that have businesses that have been running, alhamdulillah, they are still running, obviously not as busy, but they can provide. But for those that have been followed or even worse, been let go, in these times when it's so difficult to look for jobs and stuff, uh, and, and I'm one of those people that have been looking at the job market, the same as my sister and other people, I know just taking a glance and seeing what's available, it's, it's not looking promising and and it's, it's, it's scary for those that have lost work and those lost jobs, but like yourself, you're saying, once we're coming out of this lockdown, we will then, you know, businesses will try and, and start up once again. But there's, there are many businesses that will just not make enough in those first few weeks to, to survive. Um, and, and that's that's quite unfortunate. Now, coming on to a, another point that obviously I wanted wanted to make is we spoke a lot about you guys uh, are working from home, or is anyway, he's, he's working from home. And companies like, like Zoom and Internet businesses that are running like that, Have now had such an increase in shares and so on. It's 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 amazing to see some businesses prosper and and some other. Is is there any ones that you've come across, a group that you've seen that have actually prospered during this period?
3: Um, I think definitely there's there's different aspects um, kind of to that because um, definitely you know the the traditional you know kind of method of actually purchasing has has changed slightly um, because because of the current situation now if you look at the likes of primark i think they were boasting about five you know 5 to 600 million pound worth of sales yes, yes. a per month and they've literally gone to zero There's because been, they didn't no, have an online
2: e-commerce business of course exactly they
3: didn't have an online e-commerce business whereas on the flip side you know one of the biggest companies right now amazon i think they they're kind of on the other end of the scale um, there was uh, a kind of a slight dent with those in terms of shipping because obviously you know a lot of people um, are, are getting their goods from China and then kind of selling um, through Amazon so I think there yeah. was a three-week period where where things were kind of banned but you know in totality Amazon again is a business that seems to be doing you know relatively well and you probably expect that to thrive actually um, in these times and also going forward because you know, going forward what what's gonna happen is you know consumer behaviour is going to change. Now I don't know about you personally Zen but I've definitely been doing a lot more online shopping. I you know Yeah, exactly. We have parcels coming in um you know every other day now going forward am I gonna continue to do that, you know, as a consumer? Um the the answer is I probably will because of the convenience. Now you know if I want something, you know, do I really want to you know, travel all the way to a retail shop, you know, find parking, then walk and in online, the water, or I can just go online,
2: yes, and, so. and, and Amazon
3: will <laughs> be with, with me in the next couple of days.
2: I think that's something that I was I was telling my family about recently, is how not as much in the UK, but Amazon in, in, in America, how much people rely on it. I was with a sheikh once travelling, and it was actually during Ramadan, and he was telling me that it's easier for them to just order things on Amazon like fruit and vegetables there and it gets delivered to your house quicker than than it does if you just go to the supermarket and it's cheaper. So so obviously companies like Amazon are are, are doing amazing and it's and it's great. But it's amazing. You're you're right, so many people have been ordering online. But one of those something else that's that's worthwhile mentioning here is that Alhamdulillah we have the funds to, to buy stuff online but there, there's some families that are, that are going to struggle through this, this, this pandemic and also don't have the money to survive, they're, they're not in work anymore, they've either lost their job or you know, they're not receiving furlough and, and they're stuck and, and one of those categories of people are those that are self-employed and those people have been affected you know, quite a bit. Do you know anyone personally between you, Akoba and you self-employed that's, that's been struggling through this?
3: Um, definitely I mean just like I said even you know speaking um, you know on in terms of furlough and people that, that were that are fully employed um, full-time employees sorry um, you know I was reading actually the you know the higher income groups uh, are more likely to to have been remained employed okay. um, and and I think it's around about 30 percent of those um, of, of uh, employees that are on around about 20,000 or less. They're the ones that are being, being affected, not either they're being furloughed or, you know, they're, they're being la- laid off. So now that is constitutes to kind of a majority of, of our employment is kind of the, that range, um, you know, from 20,000 to 25,000 mark. Now, again, like you said, that is going to impact, you know, lower income families and lower income households. So it is becoming an ever increasing problem. And I think I predict it it will become worse as this pandemic kind of continues.
2: Yeah, Um, you know, I wanted to mention there's a story I was reading earlier on today and um, it was on the website Wired, which which publishes news articles. There's one story about someone called Chris Ogden, his name is. He was offered a job as a magazine editor and he quickly handed in his notice at his tech startup where he'd been working part-time for a couple of years and he he got a new job uh, two days later. And that afternoon was actually when they announced the countrywide lockdown. So there's those people that have been caught up, uh, you know, in the middle. And, and one of the things he was saying was that his new company terminated his employment before he even started. And he, he's going on about how it's went so quick. It's not great in his sector, but now he's stuck because he's got no follow, no income coming in. And He's saying, I might not be able to survive a week, never mind a month. And the worst part about this is his experience is not unique. I've got a friend who's Went through the same issue where he was in a job, and within that time frame of a couple of weeks, that time frame, he's 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 now stuck because his new employer didn't take him on in time, and he's he's now left without without any money. So it's it is it is quite sad to see that, and and there are those people that are stuck out and will be for the next few months because their job or or what they are they were looking to get into now. If you go online, the jobs that are available now. If you take a look on Reed and Indeed, and I was doing some research myself. The jobs that are on there are mainly for in Glasgow anyway, are mainly for NHS staff. They're looking for nurses obviously because there's a shortage and, and more or less call centres for utilities and so on. And it's it's amazing because those jobs that were there a month or two months ago are now not there at all. And uh, that's that's the scary part of it and I, I'm glad you mentioned that of course because like you were saying, many people do earn between that bracket twenty to twenty five thousand and they're not you know, if, if they're not earning that as it is, and they've got rent and bills to pay, because we're all in our houses, we're still using our electricity. The kids are still on the playstations. You know, the women are still cooking. It, it is having an effect, and, and it is going to be difficult for people. Tayyab, uh, you got anything you'd like to, to comment on that? So you know, on on how difficult it is for people that don't have jobs and are now looking for work.
0: Yeah, um, I was looking for you know an Indeed over there. Yes. And what I came across was most of the jobs were, you know, like couriers or um, Tesco, Asda, etc. There yes, wasn't yes. anything else going on and uh, talking about Amazon. I, yes. I had an interview, you know, um, a week or two before we went into lockdown. Okay. I had an interview with Amazon and they liked me at the phone interview, so they wanted to bring me in. And then because all of this started, they're not taking any new stuff on because... Okay. If anything happens to me, that's them having to pay my sick pay whilst I'm not coming in. And they don't want to take that risk with new employees. So what I've heard they're doing is they're taking agency staff on. And uh, you might be aware, agency staff are mainly on zero-hour contracts. Yes. So if that person does get ill, if they can just like lay them off send them home and that person doesn't come in and they don't have to pay for them and then that is uh, horrible
2: that that's yeah, horrible
0: basically so that person's just stuck so in a sense i'm happy that um i didn't get it so i so i didn't have to leave my current job because i would have been stuck between joining a new company and not hearing back from them and not having a job at the same time
2: well, and Just to to reiterate that, the job site Adzuna found that 40% of its listings, or around 25,000 vacancies, is what they normally have, had been wiped out during the closure of pubs and restaurants because the hospitality sector has been hit so bad, restaurants, hotels, it's been hit so bad, and and that job set has seen a 22% drop Mm. in advertised vacancies over the last six weeks, and one of the main sectors that's been hit is manufacturing, and uh, before I came on the radio, I was just discussing with Abubaka here about how 45% of, of car sales have, have went down because March is normally the bus- busiest time with the, the 20 plates coming out and so on. It's, it's a busy time for car dealerships. And now the roads are empty and, and people will not be looking to take out finance deals and be looking to loan out cars and, or even buy them cash because they are they are struggling out there.
1: But did you see that post that they're actually... Um, you can buy a car from online and you don't even have to go see it. You can just press it, buy on
2: Exactly. So they're doing contract free, contact free, not contract free because <laughs> then people were getting free cars, but, but contact free delivery is something I'm seeing a lot. I'm one of those guys that, like many car enthusiasts, right? I'm not afraid to say it. I sit and look at Lamborghinis all night. Like, but, <laughs> but a lot of the, the cars that are available now, they'll just get delivered once you agree a price with the, with the person over the phone. And, and they're still delivering the cars to your door. So, you know, it's it's like uh, Dayab was saying, it's, it's scary because even now, if you do want to get a job and you need to provide, there was a, um, an article about a pilot who left his, his job. Well, he got made redundant, yep. and the next day he started up working as a delivery driver for one of the supermarkets. So, he, has, he goes it doesn't matter if I'm up in the air or in the car I need to pay the bills for my family mm-hmm. and and that's that's what's really going on at the moment and that's why I wanted to take on this show and talk about the topics that are affecting us at the moment for example myself and, and on my business like when the lockdown was announced I shut down my business straight away and many people that are in my sector that and in, in what we do with cars and so on remained open a lot of them did close but many stayed open and and now two or three weeks in, they're still operating kind of undercover, but that's not purely because of greed. It's it's in some way because they have to try and survive. If they don't bring in that, that small amount of money, 50, 60 pound a day, uh, is, is enough to just cover their bills and maybe mm. feed their family that night, And it's and it is, it is scary and it's something that's...
0: Awkward times.
2: It is. It really is difficult for people and especially those that are, that are self-employed. I mean, in Scotland, they've got a scheme now, which I was sent today, um, and it's it, they've got some sort of help for self-employed. You have to meet a certain criteria and you may be eligible for some help from the Scottish government. I don't know if anything like that's going on in England. Can, do you know anything about that at all, Brother Jacob?
3: Um, just to kind of go back to, I think you you spoke about the uh, car industry. Again, like yourself, I'm a bit of a car enthusiast. I think mm-hmm. one of the points worth actually mentioning in regards to that industry, that sector as a whole, is the fact that it was being impacted by Brexit prior to COVID-19. Yes. And now with obviously COVID-19 um, on our doorstep as well, this is definitely going to change, I think, manufacturing. Um, of motor vehicles within the UK because slowly, slowly car manufacturers were kind of moving back to uh, manufacturing abroad um, yes. due to obviously the import and export restrictions that Brexit is going to cause um, in itself. Um, so it'll be an interesting to see how, how that industry actually um, goes forward in, you know, in these times. But I did, I mean, I think I did actually see online that certain manufacturers that are still going to be manufacturing within the UK they are looking to slowly start the reproduction process again and you know like you said it is a time where the new plates get released now that is definitely going to have an impact because if there's no cars being made then they can't be sold um which again is a major part of of our economy um even within like for instance you know how they mentioned yourselves self-employed is one of the you know one of the groups that is hit hardest but also um with 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 our work that I personally do, we deal with a lot of people that um that I refer to as casual labor so they're not on full time hours or full time contracts. Now uh full time employees like you know we've mentioned so many times you know they, they can take advantage of the furlough scheme but people that were on casual hours, they have been struggling up until this point. Um and I know my company in particular they're you know our accountants have been liaising um with the government and just to get further clarity on that but i think finally i think the government is going to offer some kind of compensation um or some kind of payments to people that are that are on casual hours because if you think about it you know people on casual hours can still be working you know 16 30 to full you know to kind of pretty much full-time hours they just don't have a full-time contract now they're no different to myself or you know any of those guys on here as in they still have bills to pay they, you know they still have families to um, to feed and the the difficulty that that the uh, people that are usually doing casual hours are in the reason why they're not full time employed and on casual hours is because because of their family and situations at home, you know they yes. might have to care for children at home, therefore they can't commit to um, full time hours. So if people are already um, struggling in that aspect, then you know definitely this is gonna make this situation a lot a lot you know worse for them, and you can even see the evidence because you know uh, universal claims just from the period of um from mid march to mid april claims of you know uh, there's 1.6 million new claims been raised
2: yes, um, for universal, well,
3: yeah yeah for universal credit so um you can definitely see how hard hitting this has been on you know a lot of different income groups and um because a lot of people are actually relying on on government support and government help because you know, even businesses. I think it said up to uh, nearly a quarter of all businesses are at a standstill yes. at this moment in time. So, if you think about business, obviously it affects not only the business owner but also the employees running that business. So, it definitely is a is a testing time for a lot of different. different it definitely types. is, and
2: it, see, this is the thing. It's a lot of the sectors. I mean, obviously the travel industry is one of those that have been hit badly, and. And you know, I'm sure we all seen the news article about British Airways that they're they're looking to get rid of nearly twelve thousand jobs within that sector. And I know someone that works in in Rolls Royce, one of the engine manufacturing companies uh, for the aeroplane industry and he was telling me, he goes, We just at the moment there's normally this plane's coming in and out and we're servicing the parts. He goes, But now they're just all parked up and and, and that's it at the moment and it's, it is scary, and uh, another story from, from someone who is self-isolating is someone called Alex, who I was reading about on the BBC, who was on a work placement, and because he came back from, from Tenerife, following government advice, he decided to self-isolate now, where he is working at the moment, similar to many other people on z contracts and different terms of employment, is now having to self-isolate in his home. Normally, he'd be earning £600 a week, he's written here, but he's now not earning anything at all. And he, he's, he's on the same boat as so many other people because he's, he's worried about his family. And in a month or two, I mean, yes, people have savings and so on, but when the savings run dry. It's it's, it's a worrying time, time for everyone. Now, coming on to the next point that I wanted to discuss before we go for our advert break is, you know, another thing that we're all starting to see here quite 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 often is the discussion about did we do this properly? Did, did the UK government stop us in time? Now we've all got our opinions and so on. However, it's it's a point that needs to be made because did our businesses close too early? Did we start working too early? And if you just give me your opinions, a go back and Diya, but let's go to Diya first. Diya, did we start working in time, or should we have done this a long time ago? And was it the right was it the right idea?
0: Before I get on to people working and et cetera, I want to talk about, you know, the flights that were coming in. Yes. what countries had tests being done on, yep. you know, um, new flights that were coming in or they just restricted flights. Like I know, for example, Pakistan, for the past couple of weeks, my friend's parents have been stuck there. They've been trying to get a flight back and they haven't been able to get a single flight back to yeah. Manchester, etc. And um, I think the new visitors that were coming into this country or people returning home, I think they should have been tested at the same time because you don't know if they're carrying or not. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're not showing the uh, symptoms, but they might still be carriers. And for workplaces, I I agree um, that they should have been closed earlier. As soon as there's a little scare in the public, about, you know, when the first couple of people got infected in the UK and then they should have started putting in the restrictions from that point onwards, but yeah, I think the government responded too late.
2: Okay, and and Brother Akoob, just a quick point as we're just about to go for advert break. Just to finish us off before we go for this advert break, you know, were we too slow to, to, to stop our businesses and jobs shutting down?
3: I think um, it comes back to the point that I mentioned earlier about health versus wealth and what is deemed as kind of um, more important um, in society. But, you know, a lot may even argue that they're both intertwined. But as they have mentioned, um, it's not just about businesses, you know, operating within the UK, but also about, you know, controlling the borders and obviously were the necessary checks on people coming, actually coming into the country done at that period of time, um, which obviously it doesn't look like they were. Um, the situation—it's not that's just kind of hit us, you know, out of nowhere. We, you know, the is—we've been aware of this certainly from the back end of 2019, you know, from December. So mm-hmm. we, we did have plenty of time to to act. Um, and also, one of the things that um, the government obviously have to kind of think about is that you know, for each month that you know that the UK spends in lockdown it could add to you know 35 to 45 billion in deficit now that essentially means that we as the uk taxpayer are essentially going to have to recover them funds um obviously over the next couple of years so the government had a big job on their hands to be honest and it is very difficult for them because and, you know the easy answer is to say yes they didn't they didn't act so early but then again what what would have been the economical and financial implications of us actually acting too early
2: Exactly. Um, so
3: it is quite right. a difficult one to answer.
2: Tonight we're discussing the effects of the coronavirus on the economy. We've been discussing the effects on the UK economy, our jobs, and also the effect on small businesses and the big businesses. And tonight I'm joined by Brother Agulb, who is based in Rochdale and has studied in finance. And I also have Brother Tayyab, who is one of those workers who's been working for a utilities company throughout the pandemic and as a key worker so just to carry on the discussion guys and thanks for your patience tonight I know we had a few technical difficulties in the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show and uh, we just finished our advert break there but now to continue on our discussion Akoba and I wanted to discuss the effects that is happening that is happening on the livelihoods of those that are normally in work and out and about doing what they can before I go on and talk about mosques one bit of that I really did want to touch upon is is the effect it's had on people that run jobs or businesses that they are very dedicated to. For example, your your painters, your joiners, your, your, your people with, for example, the car garages and, and businesses like myself, but also those that are, are so dedicated to their jobs and are so used to that nine-to-five lifestyle where they're going to work and they actually look forward to going to work. It's that mental break within their mind where... They're waking up every morning and they're excited to go to work. And I hope many of us are excited. I know a lot of people do not like going to work, but there are many that do enjoy their jobs and their work. And without that, they are starting to feel lost and also down and depressed. And and it has ha- it is having a massive effect on people's mental health. Now, i you know, as someone who's working from home, has it had an effect on you not going to the office, not going to meet your colleagues and your workmates?
3: No, definitely, um, you know, I'd be lying if I, if I said it hasn't had an impact, I mean, I I, actually, I, I, I don't mind going to work, to be honest with you, um, you know, during the week, um, I think I have a great working environment that I'm currently in, so it is difficult because, it, you know, when you think about it, you spend, you're spending about 40 to 50 hours, you know, per week, you know, with certain individuals, you know, your work colleagues, so you you do, you know, start to form a real bond with them, so not, not being able to see them, you know, what we're in now, the third or fourth week, and potentially this is going to go on, you know, a lot longer. Um, it is, you know, it does definitely have an impact on you, but locally, due to applications like Zoom, um, we definitely touch base, you know, uh, weekly. Um, so we definitely catch up with everyone and just to see how, how everyone
2: is how everyone's doing it's yeah. it's one of those things that you know alhamdulillah one of the benefits of being in lockdown at the moment is the technology is that side the things that we've got that we can just pick up the phone and and talk with our friends not just in the UK but around the world and and and, and it's beautiful being able to do that but just seeing each other and yeah. and having that interaction with each other that's well, that's I'm missing and yeah. it's,
3: I would definitely urge people to, you know, if you know anyone um, that is actually, you know, situated at home and and they don't live with, um, you know, many people in their household, I would definitely encourage people to to try to touch base, you know, with them individuals because, like you said, you know, a lot of people are actually furloughed. So obviously what that means, they're not actually allowed to do any work. So they might not be actually having any interactions with humans or, or, you know, with many people. So it's always good to kind of touch in um with people that that you might feel that might be kind of suffering mentally um from being isolated um it's something that like i said we try to do um and i would definitely encourage others to to do that as well
2: like right. brother tayyab and i can bring you both in on this point but but Tayyib, i wanted to ask like you know as as brothers we're, we're always going to mosque obviously during ramadan we'll be going for tarabi but just that interaction at jummah and at the namaz that we normally pray in the masjid. Are you missing that interaction with not only the brothers in the mosque, but with your local imam and your local scholars?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm missing it a lot, to be honest. And um, it just feels a bit weird because now you're just stuck in your room. You're There's just four walls everywhere and you're just praying at home. And um, it's also the when you're at the mosque, you'll reconnect with people that you haven't seen in a long time.
2: Of course. Definitely, yes.
3: <laughs> because um, like you know, just touching what what Tayyib says, you know the blessings and you know the how you feel when when you're in a masjid and and you're hearing um, the Quran being recited live. You can't replicate that. You know, I know we've got you, you know as good of a sound system that you might have at home or what you might think you have at home, but you know, like you said, hearing you know the words of God live um, is definitely a special moment. Like I said, you know, especially with with the likes of Tayyib and Zen. Same with you, like. You know, during Ramadan, um, we personally know, you know a lot of people, you know, like sheikhs that, that come over, um, and we do visit them, and, you know, hearing them recite, you know, is a beautiful thing. It's, uh,
2: it's, it's beautiful, and one of our friends, Fati, who's a well-known Quranist, I put up this video a couple of weeks ago, and I remember running downstairs and showing my dad, it was um, someone created an 8D surround sound of, of the live recitation in the Qur'an. I know you guys must have heard it, but... And it was amazing. I put on a pair of professional studio headphones, and although it sounded just like you were in the harem, it still isn't the same as being there in that, in that, you know, in that environment. It's not the same. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to touch on the whole mosque aspect of it because it's something that me, myself, I'm missing too, that interaction. And it does fall into the discussion tonight because, you know, not only business businesses been affected in our economy, our masajid and our institutions that we're so involved in within our community have been impacted massively, and they don't get that spotlight. And uh, alhamdulillah, we managed to share a bit of spotlight on that on, on our discussion on Sunday about the effects on charities. But, uh, you know, I wanted to see how you guys are feeling about it. Another thing that I wanted to discuss, and we can all get involved in this as brothers on the show, is, is sports. And I think hobbies such as football and even your local game of badminton that's something that's just you not know, okay. We are going out for our walks now, but just that interaction with our friends, our buddies, and playing that one game of uh, football a week—that's something that I'm missing, and and I know you guys are too. You know, what do you say to that group?
3: No, definitely. I mean, you know what the point that you've you know mentioned about you know massages—that is that it's such a valid point because um, obviously, I'm not not too sure in terms of what it's like in Glasgow, but you know. In, in in areas like rochdale and surrounding areas we have a lot of masajid um you know definitely within you know kind of short confined spaces now that poses a real difficulty when um when mosques are not being able to receive you know the funds the net, the critical funds for them to kind of um stay operational even after <laughs> this this pandemic because obviously like you said you know you know yourself as a muslim in the month of ramadan you, you generally just you feel, you know, more obliged to give, and you generally want to give more, and you spend a lot more time, you know, in the masajis. So it gives you more opportunity to to give back, you know, to the masajis. And I know you do collections at your local mosque as well, and you really see that, you know, on a Juma collection, you know, you really do kind of generate generate the necessary funds for that for the mosque to actually stay operational and stay open.
2: Although although they're not businesses, they you know they are run as businesses or massajid because they've got bills to pay and a lot of people do not understand that, that the mosques and our community centres have staff to pay, you know, and and it's crazy. I know a lot of people jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, the mosque has this much money and so on, but I've personally been involved within massajid and I can see that the figures are just so, like, you know, they're just about surviving in our community. And the day that they close and they don't survive is the day that we'll all be upset. And But, you know, just the environment and that mosque buzz that we normally have during Ramadan, and even just that Jummah, which is our weekly dosage of that Taraweeh kind of environment we have throughout the year. Allah's blessed us with that Friday you know, buzz that we all have at Juma that brings the community together. That being missing is, is something that I miss. But I want you to touch on the sports side because I know you've mentioned earlier about the whole Pogba thing, and a few Liverpool fans started messaging me, being a bit upset. But football is something that we're all missing in sports. And I know the sisters, for example, are, are missing. You know, a, you know, a lot of girls like going out to for bites to eat or linking up with their friends, as do the guys. But just those kind of extracurriculum activities, and also going to the cinema or, or, or going to catch a bite to eat, that's something that everyone's missing, that interaction with friends, and uh, and it's, it's, it's sad to see that at the moment now. One thing I wanted to ask you both, and even Abu Bakr here with me, is holidays, you know. Obviously, with the economic effects of coronavirus, all holidays have been stopped, and yeah, every two days I'm seeing something in the news about oh, you might be able to go to Greece in <laughs> July, but, but but we're not going anywhere at the moment. And did you guys number one have any holidays planned? And are you guys planning to go on holiday when this is over? So let's let's go to a, um, sorry Abu Bakr first.
1: Um, so me and Dows have always been planning on going on holiday, but uh, during the summer periods where what we normally that's our busiest period for work. Okay. Um so we never have the chance to. We are meant to go last December as well, but obviously we were on tour as well, yes. so we couldn't go then. So we always say for the last probably three or four years now, we've been saying that we're going to go on a holiday together, and it's going to be the next year. So this year we were actually planning <laughs> on going away <laughs> to Germany during the summer, um, but obviously Corona stopped that now, and I was meant to go away uh, to Pakistan as well to see my dad, uh, but Things have just uh, halted and I'd, uh, you know
2: <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, we're going to come on to how your business has been affected in the next three or four minutes. go. were you planning to go on holiday? Are you planning to go on holiday when this is over?
3: Um, I was planning on going on holiday before, just just before the, the pandemic kicked off, um, but just for a nice break around Europe somewhere. Um, but obviously, seeing as that's not been possible, um, I kind of feel like I want to go somewhere. um quite nice now towards the end of the year um, uh-huh. if, if we're allowed to go and if if they're going to allow us to come back into the country once we leave um, <laughs> I mean definitely I think um, at somewhere that's definitely going to take more than six hours on a flight um, there's a few destinations that I'll be looking at um, mm-hmm. I think obviously Dubai but personally for me I've all, I, I want to kind of go towards Indonesia and Singapore uh, I definitely want to see um what they have to offer um so hopefully soon by the end of the
2: year inshallah it's one of those things that i know i was been thinking about it myself i was saying to to not only my wife but to the guys is that once this is over i think i'm just going to put some fuel in the car and go all around the uk and visit (laughs) everyone like i'll go see a pop to see tayyub and you know go see my in-laws and and travel around the full uk and meet everyone that i've just been either talking to on whatsapp or on the phone and all those people that you've been saying to each other don't worry i'll come down or you know what i'll I'll be there soon and family as well that you've just not caught up with around the country you know now's the time to build those bridges with your family again and your friends Mm -hmm. and 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 go and meet them you know that that school friend that you've had for six or seven years you've not seen them since high school get in touch with them everyone's on facebook and whatsapp now and you can get each other's numbers or snapchat and, and arrange a meeting, that's something to look forward to post-lockdown and a lot of people are posting on Facebook, I'm posting this now so that in a year I can reshare it and say that we've got through this together. <laughs> so so, so that's definitely something. Regarding the holidays, I'm going to be honest, this is just amazing how Allah works, right? But we, and Akob was one of the people that I spoke to about this as well when we were putting together holiday, and so were you. Yes. We were planning to go on a boys ski trip. <laughs> and it, we were actually planning to go at the end of March. Yeah. Right? And we were planning to go to Italy. It was the first
1: week of the lockdown. <laughs> exactly, it was
2: the first week of lockdown. We were planning to go to Italy into one of the ski resorts where Corona hit really badly. So, yeah. And one of those ski resorts that we were going to go to was actually named on the list that were banned to begin with. So Alhamdulillah, we managed to back out of that, and you know, and we made the decision quite early on, you know, in February time that we're not going to go. But subhanallah, so, it's amazing how Allah works now. It's, it's, it's one decision. of those things
1: as well where people um, wanted to go away around Europe because of Brexit hitting as well, yeah. and you know, getting that all that visa stuff as well. So it was one of those years that people were they've saved up and they were wanting to go away this year and spend it abroad without having to go the hassle of getting a visa or whatever and you
2: know, yeah. spend time with families. It's one of those things, you know, and you, even my wife, we were supposed to get away and, and we've been planning it for ages, let's go here, let's go here and we had it already and at that time I was like, look, I booked this and we don't get to go, yeah. there's no point in this. Akobe, you were going to say something? Yeah.
3: I was no. I was just going to say, then you know what? It just brings back memories, then, because I think the first couple of times we actually met were abroad and not in the UK.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> we met so. in Dubai the first time, I think, and then in and, Pakistan.
2: We probably oh, spent more
3: time abroad than we spent together in the UK.
2: Exactly. And that is is <laughs> on through, and it's amazing how our relationships have all worked together. And alhamdulillah, all of us brothers that are on the radio here, and we've all met through organisations like Radio Ramadan, like you know, charities around the country that have linked us all up. So may Allah keep us in those paths. Now, I want to go on to another discussion now. As Abu Bakr mentioned, his business has been affected. Now, on the line, we have Brother Dayab, who eh, known to us as very close to, to finalizing his marriage, and he was planning to get married, actually, in the next couple of months. Now, Dayab, I want to know, like, first of all, tell us about when you're planning to get married and also how your wedding and like many has been affected by the whole coronavirus situation tell us a bit more
0: yeah so i was meant to be getting married in july mid july and then um Mm. we did you know the bride shopping for the dresses etc for the relima dress and we literally just did that two days before lockdown so i thought at least we've got the brides dress done, but uh, she told me that she got a, a message from the company that we ordered dress from saying that they can't guarantee whether the dress will be here or not because the dress is getting made in India or Pakistan and because yeah. they're under the lockdown there as well is just delaying the whole process of um, having the dress over etc as well as we don't know how long this um, lockdown is going to last so we don't know if the wedding's still going ahead so we're okay. stuck in the middle of do we book things or do we not book things like, for example, do you know, cards, uh, photographers,
2: etc. Did, did, did you say cards or cars? That's the question. <laughs>
0: both, both. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to a right, to a right, right, continue. Yeah,
0: there's a
3: attention yeah. there. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. So, like, people that are, they're ready, like, what I think is people that are meant to be getting married June, mid-June, I think there's most likely not going to happen, if I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. With, with like july i think it's more like a 50 50 chance it might happen but it depends if the ease of restrictions how many people are allowed in a certain amount of space
2: of right so, and and coming back to that i'm going to bring brother abu Bakr in now abu Bakr runs an audio visual company in in glasgow so he's normally the person you go to to get your microphone and and audio set up for your wedding so abu Bakr, how is your business and and bookings may affect because you would normally have people like Dayab calling you up and saying, I need some speakers and a microphone for for my wedding, not for the singing, <laughs> but just for the announcements and so on. But <laughs> like, well, how has your business been affected? In- um,
1: so business for us has been stopped; to, is a, at a halt just now. Obviously, because events, functions, weddings—you know, corporate events, everything, uh, charity events as well. This is the season. This is charity season. It's one of the busiest seasons, uh, apart from wedding season, uh, throughout the year. Uh, that has affected us as well. Um, obviously, no events are running, so there's no AV required. So there's there's nothing for me to do at this period. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny actually because um, I've got loads of uh, lo- lots of clients that are getting you know married uh, before it wants to get married before the the rosy. Uh, started and one of my clients for dose she actually got married on the day that lockdown was announced. Okay. It was the last day, and I was, you know, me and my brother, we were wary about doing the wedding as well for our own safety, mm-hmm. um, because Corona had been announced. I was in the UK, whatever, and that night Boris was announcing, you know, uh, we're we're going to go a lockdown as of uh, one a.m. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's allowed out. So it was a, it was a scary time, and you know, clients, you know they're still wanting to get married um, and we're trying to reschedule mm-hmm. uh, weddings, but, you know, nobody knows when um, lockdown's going to be over no and course. if, um, you know, Boris is going to let us put on events, <laughs> you know, uh, and the charities as well, you know, are they still going to put on functions after Ramadan's over yeah. or not?
2: It's, it's amazing how many businesses and how many, like, like I said, livelihoods have been affected because normally we all have a chat every couple of days and we're discussing how business is going and, and I'll ask you, did you have an event today? And, and you'll ask me, how many cars did I work on and so on? And, and not having that and that thing to wake up for, and it's, it's, it's difficult and many people have been affected on it. And like I was saying, their are weddings I, and I've got a friend who... Uh, literally their wedding was that week as well just yeah. like you, you said and they cancelled it and that, you know they made the right decision and it wasn't just the whole health side of it it was also then the- just
3: to um just to jump in on 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 the on the wedding conversation okay. i'd say um, yeah have you got any advice for maybe the potential young couples who are having to delayed their, their marriages because I know even in your personal I think was there a 12 month gap um, between your Nikan and your yeah family
2: they, family. They so they do were, you have were. any
3: advice for the future young couples <laughs> to, or to
2: be fair I mean you know see those people that are waiting to get married I actually think it's a blessing that it's been delayed now you know if you if did it the way that you know there's there's so many ways to to do it now like you can get in a garden and wait but if you're one of those couples that are waiting to have your wedding, this is perfect because it gives you time not only to gel with each other and, and communicate with each other, but also it's a great time to plan your wedding and, and actually you can make the function you function even better. So so you can start thinking of other ideas, you've got more time to look at, you know, YouTube videos of other people's weddings or <laughs> or also just, you know, after Ramadan this lockdown period might have been that gift that people needed. This Ramadan that help them clear their mind and make them a better person for when they get married because it got delayed. So so uh, there's so many blessings to come out of it, but definitely the advice I'd give us is, is is take your time. Now's the time that you can actually, you know, save some money. Because imagine you had your wedding just before the lockdown yeah, and you had no income coming in for the next two or three months. Uh-huh. You'd be even more down, you know what I mean? And it- so And no honeymoon. Now you can actually wait and and have that honeymoon because it would have been cancelled anyway prior to the lockdown.
1: Yeah, as well as that, it's testing the couples that uh, did uh, their weddings before um, the week the week of lockdown. Mm-hmm. It's testing them relationships because they've done the functions and stuff and they're married. Uh, one of my clients for those, she actually done. I think it was the brat, mm-hmm. and the next day Boris announced uh, lockdown. It was Harvillima, mm-hmm. so and um, you know it's going to be another month or so before her exactly so, so so that's
2: even there you go there uh, a you can see how, how difficult <laughs> it is this is why we're giving you that advice that just take your time and you know it gives us an extra few months to save up for the rolls royce or the <laughs> the ferrari <laughs> <like, even> <laughs> rolls royce whatever you want for your wedding but inshallah it goes it goes it goes to plan now look we're reaching the end of the show but before we finish up there is a couple of questions that I actually wanted to pitch across to, to all of us here. And one of those questions is, is, you know, where are you going to go once lockdown is finished? Now I want to know when lockdown is over, what is the first thing you're going to do, right? And first few things that you're going to do, where, where are you going to go? Who are you going to visit? Where are you going to go to eat? What family are you going to see? So before we start with, with the, uh, Abu Bakr, I was going to ask you there, but let's just let's just go across to Tayyip. He's been a bit quiet. Tayyip, lockdown's finished. When it does happen, where are you going to go? What are you going to do first?
0: First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to come down to Scotland and see you.
2: Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen,
0: been a long time.
2: To all of those people that are listening, he said it on here, and a lot of the brothers around the UK say this to me. Right? And we're they say, oh, this
1: against you. Diab. we're, we're going to come
2: and, and we're going to come up to Glasgow. But they never do. Right? <laughs> they, 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 we're always the ones going down, down to Manchester.
0: Exactly. I think it's well deserved after this lockdown zone. Because it'd be a nice long drive up to Scotland. And there'd be a different scenery. And you know how it is. It's, it's okay. nice up there. One right, of those so- Loch loman trips again, Taeyub. Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so, so Dayoob's told us he's going to come up here. And is there anything else you plan? Like, obviously, is there any family members that you've not seen or, or any friends? In, in no, just
0: a, a few friends that I, I want to go see. One of my friends had a newborn baby. like, okay, Like on. a week ago, so I'm going to go visit him because I don't want to go at the moment because of the lockdown, etc. And, yeah, just...
2: Okay, like, and, and, and you're... Uh, seen. Okay, and I
3: um, I think one of the first things I want to do is uh, arrange a football game. Um, I know you touched on it before, but you know what? I miss it so much, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, like, if lockdown, if the Premier League was still open, and we were in lockdown, I think we'd be all right. But, yeah. you know, just not being able to play, not being able to watch, just reading the, you know, the teasing uh, headlines from Sky Sports that United are going to sign Sancho any minute, you know, mm. it's, uh, it's killing me.
2: Okay. Okay. Interesting. And, and you, babaka
1: when lockdown finishes, um, I think I'd want to see all my friends because we're we're on, we're on this, you know, Facetime every night, being like, "How are you?" How's uh-huh. lockdown? You know, it's the same thing, but it's not the same as seeing Each people other. in person. Of
2: course, you know,
1: we're we're here together, um, and you know, we're discussing, we're having a laugh. You know, it's I think it's the emotional uh, connections. You know, um, and you can't have them over the phone or whatever. Well, it's not so, the same. Yeah. Uh, it's I more you need that interaction with people. So I think I'd want to go see, you know, my cousins that have got my yeah, date. A couple of my cousins got married before lockdown. want to go see them, see how they're doing. Um, you know, family, friends and, you know, just get back out into the, into the swing the world. things, things. Yeah.
2: You know, for me, one, the biggest thing I want to do it's been really difficult. I've been going to see my grandparents, both my, my dad's side and my mum's side and it's just hard like looking through the window and not being able to go and normally i go and hug my gran and my Mm. grandparents and i think that's the thing that i've been telling my family as well at home that that's what i'm looking forward to the most just going and cuddling them and appreciating them because for them it's so like strange because they're old and 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 they're, they're at home and they're the most vulnerable, yeah. so we have to protect them the most, so I think that's the thing that I would do, and then obviously, like I mentioned, need to go and see my, my in-laws, I need to go around the country and see all the boys, and definitely get a holiday through, through by the end of the year, so, well, that more or less brings us to the end of the show, we started a bit <laughs> later due to some technical issues, but we have finished up now, so now's a great time to say thank you to our guests, so thank you to brother, a- uh Jazakallah, Akob.
3: No problem, thank you for having me yet again.
2: Yeah, and Aqob will be joining us again on Saturday and possibly Sunday, inshallah. Aqob is one of our co-presenters who's helping us produce the show, and, and I appreciate all his help. And Brother but it was his first time actually being on the show live, and I hope to get you on another show soon, Tayyab.
0: Inshallah, Zen. Thanks for uh,
2: having me. No worries. Jazakallah. Well, to conclude Late Night Live, uh, Abu Bakr is going to finish off the evening for us. Uh, so, uh, Abu Bakr... <laughs>
1: It's a troubling time for those that are still employed, those that are unemployed and on for low. There are those who worked decades for a company to be told that they are uh, being made redundant, while others have had to close down their businesses for good. Even with government help, it is obvious that the economic destruction caused by coronavirus has caused distress and upset to many. Health will always come first. But with finances running dry in many homes, and tonight's show, we discuss the situation we currently are in.
2: And just to conclude, before we finish up, just quickly, I wanted to mention a couple of messages that I got while we were on here. I did a a little survey earlier. A couple of points someone made to me was, they're missing being at work in the film and TV industry. They were asked to become a, a physio last minute. Someone said to me, I've made so much money doing COVID, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and another person who's actually an imam at a mosque is saying, I miss being the imam for that asa namaz. So so that's a few of the messages I got there. Couldn't read them all out. Jazakallah, everyone, for joining us. Tomorrow is a different show. Tomorrow is going to be late night live, but with a twist. We are going to be fundraising for the Truffle Trust, which is a charity that uh, we are going to be fundraising for tomorrow night. So mm-hmm. please join us for that and be ready to donate because uh, we will be accepting donations over the phone. And on Saturday we are discussing one of our hottest topics so far of the month, education. We want to talk about the effects the coronavirus has had on universities, on students, on teachers and uh, also just the curriculum in general. So we're going to have a, a teacher online as well and obviously a couple of students. So I'm really looking forward to Saturday shows and Sunday's show is a cracker. We're going to be appreciating the NHS workers and the key workers. So, Dizakala for joining us tonight on Late Night Live. We hope you have a blessed evening a blessed seri we will catch you tomorrow 11 pm once again assalamualaikum alaikum. As-salamu
0: thank you for listening to radio ramadan 365 podcasts make sure to visit our radio ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts stay tuned on our social channels for future content